Hey everybody, welcome to episode 77 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week, considering both my metal detecting subscriptions of The Searcher and Treasure Hunting magazine feature hordes on the cover, I felt that this week I want to talk on the topic of how to find a hoard. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available in the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information is in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everyone, I hope you got out this week, be your season just starting or finishing. I hope it has been successful or about to be the season of your life. So this week I hit the ring beach again in the hope of recovering that expensive ring lost a few weeks ago. However, this time I enlisted some help from my little sister, believe it or not, who has never detected before. But in the hope of doubling down on my coverage, I brought her along. I went out with the Knox 800 and my sister used the Simplex. We covered a good chunk of ground, but alas, we came away empty-handed. And I decided to call a day when I looked over and I saw my little sister using my sand scoop as a pickaxe after she detected the iron pillars of a boardwalk. Ah, money messing. I know she will be listening this week. She did well for someone with limited mental capacity. (laughs) Hey, if I'm not allowed to poke fun at my little sister, then no one is. To be honest, she did great and did pick up on some complex concepts very quickly, such as how deep you can detect considering sensitivity and the size of the target, plus the concept of the conductivity scale. And she impressed me enough for me to let her borrow, do you hear me, borrow my simplex. So this week, I want to talk about the topic that I have already said adorns the cover of both this month's copies of Treasure Hunting Magazine and The Searcher Magazine, and that's hordes and how to find them. Firstly, let's get something straight. I have never found a horde, nor have I actively gone looking for one. So I am not the expert here. However, I have done some research on the topic to help maybe get me and you to the next level in searching for hordes. And let's face it, you only become an expert on finding hordes when you found one, whether by luck or not. I would recommend paying attention to anything that Gordon Heritage says, an advocate for the Mind Lab and of the Milton Keynes horde fame, who speaks frequently on the subject of finding hordes. There are a few aspects to consider when hunting for hordes. That is, the type of equipment, the setup you need, where to search, and the different types of hordes to look for and the probability of finding either. What is clear to me is that hoard or cash hunting is a separate type of metal detecting than what we would do every week, and is not restricted to Europe or the Middle East, but to the whole wide world of metal detecting. And from a high level, it is a game of probabilities. Probabilities that you can tip in your favour by doing a few simple things, with the first being research. I know I say it all the time, site selection is the most important aspect of our hobby, and hoard hunting is no different. But before we get into research, we need to understand the reasons to why we have hoards and what behaviours drove people to build them up and hide them away. 
Imagine there are two needs in which a horde can be created. One is in times of political unrest, battles, raping and pillaging, and the other being the opposite in periods of peace. Horde locations from times of political unrest are actually easier to predict than times of peace. This is simply by the fact that we have a record of battles and wars, etc. Hordes from times of unrest tend to be of personal items and money like coin purses or religious items hidden to prevent them from being pillaged from their person or the church before the owner underwent a battle that resulted in them being unable to return to recover them due to either dying or being taken slave. These hordes tend to be smaller in size due to their personal nature. If you have seen the detectorists, I believe it is in the first episode of series 3 where there is a great example of this visualized, so check it out. While hordes from the calmer periods of time tend to be substitutes for banks where people would squirrel away their silver and gold coins simply because they didn't have anywhere else to put it safely, resulting in these hordes tending to be larger. Hordes of this type could have been a direct result of religious offering on burial of some great leader, or simply a bunch of coins offered to the gods on crossing a bridge that built up over the years, only to be found thousands of years later by someone with a metal detector. This type of horde is more difficult to predict, as there is no associated battle or war or raid to attribute to the need for you to hide your money, resulting in a more random distribution of these types of hordes. So keeping these facts in mind, let's address the researching of where to find hordes. Firstly, let's look at the environment or landscape. You need to put yourself in the shoes of someone who is looking for somewhere to hide their most precious possessions. You're not going to bury them in the middle of the countryside with zero points of reference to guide you to the exact location. Plus, you're not going to bury it next to a temporary object that potentially could be moved or in the middle of a field with no X marking the spot. So with that in mind, you need to look for something that sticks out as part of the natural lay of the land and that was potentially permanent a thousand years ago or even just a few hundred years ago. It may be an old oak tree that is 300 years plus, or a bunch of boulders left by glacial clearing at the bottom of a valley, or a physical shallow of water where people would cross and make offering to the gods. Beyond the natural lay of the land, you can research any battles or raids that may have occurred in the locality in the past. There may be a record of this in your local library going back hundreds of years for you to draw on. Was there a church that existed at the time of the battle or was there an old lord's castle ransacked? On and on, you need to make some effort to understand the story of the battle or raid, what direction the attacking forces came from and where people fled to. Was there a battle between two Celtic clans? Celtic clans were predominantly nomadic, so they would take their wealth with them and gather the spoils of battles along the way. I think you get the idea. Battles and conflicts are a breeding ground for hordes. This is why there are lots of hordes or caches found in certain areas and in areas near large battlefield sites. So, research your locality for previously found hordes. Even search the same site of a horde find if you can. There is a high probability that there is something left for you to find. 
Before we get into equipment, there are two types of hoard placements when hoards are found. The first being an intact hoard where the hoard or cache exists in the exact same state and position it was hidden, be it in a clay pot or an iron box. The second is called a scattered hoard, which lends itself to my point about going back to previous hoard sites. Scattered hoards came about when there is either a coin spill or a vessel that was used to house the hoard contents that has become damaged resulting in the contents spilling and getting dragged across the fields due to ploughing, erosion or construction. Scattered hoards when compared to intact hoards are more common and easier to find as the target area is as big as a scattered field of the target. I know if I found a Celtic gold stater on a field, there would be no way I wouldn't be returning to that field in the hope of finding more. It's just common sense. Like I said, hoard detecting or cache detecting is a different form of metal detecting than what we're used to. For example, there are metal detectors specifically designed for ground penetration and for pinpointing of large targets at depth. For example, Garrett have the Deep Seeker and Noctomacro have the Invineo, but interestingly enough, Mine Lab don't have a specific detector designed for deep ground penetration. If you know of one, make sure to let me know. Irrespective of what detector you have, how can you set it up to best find a hoard? I have heard cache detecting is called slow and deep, and in my mind to do this, you need to turn off your discrimination and go in all metal mode and increase your sensitivity to the max it can go. But bear in mind, the deeper you go, the more ground balance comes into play and you need to be prepared to dig a lot of iron. But who's to say that large iron box won't be full of silver reals? So to recap, when researching, look for history about battles or raids that may have occurred or the presence of an old Roman villa or castle that may have been in the battle or a stop on the way to battle. This is true for both hordes of political unrest and times of peace. When on site, look for areas of landscape that could be considered unique and have a potential to stick out for a few hundred or even thousand years. Understand that your horde may be scattered across the site, so don't give up after finding one piece of it. Hoard or cache detecting is different than normal metal detecting and there is specific equipment designed for deep ground penetration. And if you can't get your hands on one of those, then the next best thing is to set your detector to max sensitivity considering ground balance and all metal mode without any discrimination set and be prepared to dig everything, even iron, large iron. The inconvenience of a few deep finds is worth it considering the prize waiting for you. That's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. If you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpike.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. 
If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, if you've enjoyed this episode, we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting.